welcome to the Get Naked Podcast, a show where we explore one beautiful question. What would life really be like if we just got naked? I'm your host, Taylor Lane, and I'm here to discover the answers right along with you. We are about to strip off anything and everything that keeps you from being you. It's time to shine. It's time to rise. And it's time to shed. Because who we truly are inside is yearning to come out. We just have to give ourselves the permission. Well, consider this permission slip signed. You ready? Let's get naked. Hello, hello, Get Naked fam. How are you? How was your January? How's the beginning of your February? If you are listening to this when it comes out, it is the start of a new month and it's the shortest month of the year. So let's go. Let's get it. Let's have some fun. Let the universe surprise us a little bit. If you are new here, welcome to the show. I am so happy to have you as a listener. I am covering all things soul, relationships, forgiving yourself, setting boundaries, all of the internal work today. And that is because this episode, unlike the other weekly episodes that come out on Thursdays. This one is Naked Advice. I will be doing these every so often and I'm answering questions from you, which is great because my audience is full of women mostly who are identifying as female and have specific situations that they are navigating in life. And so we are all going to be on similar journeys, of course, with our own unique flair and pepper and spice, right? But if we can get answers to these core questions and really reduce any specific questions down to the meat and potatoes of what the listener is actually asking advice on, then we can all empathize and we can come out of this episode with a deeper understanding of ourselves and the world around us. That is my hope with these Naked Advice episodes. And today's is Naked Advice for the Soul. So today we're covering relationships, forgiving yourself and other people, setting boundaries, some mental health and wellness, and I want to thank you for submitting the questions. They were amazing, and I've grouped them together, and I'll explain why. So this is honestly exactly what I had hoped for with these questions, and I want you to keep them coming any way you want. There are instructions on how to submit your question in the show notes, okay? So with all of the questions I received, they were on a variety of topics. And in the next few episodes, when I do these naked advice shows, I will answer questions about things like living abroad and my travels, uh, remote work, remote lifestyle, business and career, faith, everything. But today I've got advice for four listeners and I think you'll love their questions. I've grouped these questions together because they touch on how we relate to others and that's the truest test of this soul work, right? There's a hilarious meme on Instagram that says something like, you think you've reached enlightenment until you go back home to visit your family for the holidays. And it's like a picture of someone screaming across a Thanksgiving table, like with a knife debating someone about politics probably, right? 
It's so true. What good is our inner work if we can't actually practice it when it comes to our relationships with other people? Practice what we preach, right? Everything we heal inside is helping us become better, better companions, better neighbors, better leaders, better children and parents and sisters and brothers. And I truly believe that. It's not just so we can be okay in our own essence, in our own bodies, and in the privacy of our own homes. Like, (laughs) what about your interactions with other people? That's the main stressor in most people's lives is interactions with others. Uh, So let's get into this episode called Naked Advice for the Soul. Let's tackle some of these things right now. So one of our listeners needs tips on mindfulness, and I wanted to start with this one because I love it. (laughs) I love the topic of mindfulness. I'll explain why. And she also asks how to be more conscious of how we respond to situations. She's struggling with both of these things at the moment. I love that these two questions are paired together because mindfulness actually is the key to opening the door to great relationships with others and responding to situations that you have no control over. So my answer, here we go. Here's your naked advice on mindfulness. For me, mindfulness feels like home. We actually did a month of mindfulness in the Inner Bloom Sisterhood, our online community that you'll hear about as the sponsor of this show. And we posted tons of resources. I wrote practices and journal prompts for the girls to do. Um, And we had meditations to get into mindfulness, no matter how much of a beginner or an expert you consider yourself to be. You can access all of that and all other monthly themes that we've done in the past um, by starting your free trial with us today. And that link is in the show notes. So in Inner Bloom Sisterhood and in my life and giving advice to people about mindfulness, I am no guru. Okay. But I do like to tell what works for me. So my relationship to mindfulness started a long time ago, maybe two years ago now, when I started listening to Oprah's podcast, highly recommend, okay, go look it up, Oprah's podcast. And also, I started listening to the works of Abraham Hicks. And for anyone who doesn't know about it yet, mindfulness is the practice of being in the present moment, no matter what is going on. It's being aware of the self with all of the passing thoughts and emotions in a non-judgmental state. Okay, so let's break that down. Being in the present moment. <sighs> just that phrase, it just puts me at home. Being in the present moment means there's no past and there's no future. There's just now. That is the healthiest, most opportune place to put your consciousness. And that's basically what being in the present moment is saying. It's saying, be. So you have to place your consciousness. That is literally what being means in the present moment because that's all we have. And that's where everything is possible. No matter what is going on around us. That's the caveat, right? It's being aware of the self. The self as in, 
I know I am a human on this earth and I know I have free will to place my consciousness anywhere I want. That's being aware of the self. It's not coming to a situation with stories like, well, I'm just this way, or I've always done it this way, or in the past I was traumatized. So now I have triggers that make me act this way. None of that. That is not being aware of the self. If being self-aware to you means any of that, we need to rewrite that script. That is not being self-aware. And I am an astrologer, but I will tell you, being aware of your birth chart and all of your placements does not make you self-aware in the present moment. When you attach to those things and say, this is the way I am, cannot be changed, then you are not serving yourself. That birth chart is not serving your consciousness, okay? So yes, I love astrology and I love to use it, but it is no excuse for saying I'm self-aware and actually being the opposite of self-aware. So being aware of the self, meaning I'm a human, I can place my consciousness anywhere I want with passing thoughts and emotions in a non-judgmental state. So breaking that down further, being in a non-judgmental state about whatever thoughts and emotions come up, not attaching your identity to them. So that looks like this situation is making me sad instead of saying I'm depressed right? Or this situation is causing me so much anxiety right now because I'm choosing to place my consciousness on what might happen, what might be, what what might not be in the future. And I know I'm doing that versus I have anxiety. Okay. So non-judgmental state of whatever thoughts and emotions are passing through you. So with that definition of mindfulness, Let's work with it. How can we be more mindful in every moment? Just popping in here to quickly let you in on a big secret. I've teamed up with two dear friends of mine, Hannah and Madison, to create an incredible community for women like you. It's called the Inner Bloom Sisterhood, and I'm so excited to announce that it's finally open to join. The Inner Bloom Sisterhood is a safe space for women to discover their truth Come together for supportive conversation, no judgments, and learn from the wisdom and gifts of other talented sisters. I know, so fun! By attending our virtual women's circles, engaging in our private online forum of exciting topics, and my personal favorite, experimenting with empowering lifestyle choices, we can bloom into who we are truly meant to be. Keep blooming, sister. Now, back to the episode. Start by noticing your body here in the space that you are in. I mean, literally you right now listening to this podcast, wherever you are, notice yourself. How does your skin feel against whatever you're sitting on? Or if you're walking, how do your feet feel hitting the ground? What kind of air are you in right now? Hot, cold, mild? Is there a breeze? Or maybe you're in your car and the air conditioning or heat is on and it's blowing against your skin. Really get into your body. How does your heartbeat feel? 
How conscious are you of the present passing moment? Look around you. What's in your immediate sight? Are you really aware of your placement in the universe right now? That's honestly all it takes to start on a path of mindfulness. You see how we've just dropped into the present moment and there is nothing else that exists right now? You can do that at any point in your day. That's mindfulness. And this awareness will evolve into deeper levels of consciousness, but for just starting out, those are the questions I would ask myself. And of course, another must for mindfulness is meditation. Just five minutes at the start or the end of your day, that's all you need, honestly. It's about noticing your breath, being mindful of where you place your consciousness, and being comfortable in the pause for a little while. I use Insight Timer. It's an app. There are many, many apps out there or YouTube videos that you can use for guided meditations if you're just getting started. I think that's the best, honestly. And with those two strategies, you will deepen your relationship with mindfulness in no time. It's an amazing thing to start in your life. So I'm so happy about that question. Thank you. Now, that's a beautiful segue into the second question, how to be more conscious of how we respond to situations. And it's beautiful because the thing about mindfulness is that once you start to be aware of yourself with your emotions and past traumas and triggers and you actually stay in that non-judgmental space, right? You don't judge yourself. You open up the possibility that every other human is also living in their own reality with their traumas and their triggers and their emotions that take over their mind sometimes. You see? How amazing is that? I love it. Becoming aware of self with a capital S allows you to be aware of others as a version of you. Oh, I just got the chills. This is so fundamental to living a peaceful, joyful, meaningful life. We are all one when it comes down to it, but you can only know that if you are aware of yourself more than you place your consciousness on these stories and emotions and thoughts and blah, 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 blah. That is not you. So when situations arrive involving other people, okay, because they do, (laughs) all you have to do is zoom out of the situation. So literally in the situation, take this vision of you and the other person up into the sky really high, zoom out all the way out to the bigger picture to where you see two individuals who probably want the same thing and are probably suffering from the same thing. Take a deep breath and 
Then go into your body and get aware of your own feelings and thoughts. Don't attach to them. Just be aware that they are coming into your body and generating energy. So maybe that looks like, oh, wow, I feel sad right now. Or, oh my gosh, my stomach just dropped and I feel so angry and disappointed. Whatever those feelings are and whatever that physiological response is, just notice that it's generating energy somewhere in your body. Then you have some choices to make. You can choose to move the energy through you and alleviate that situation through alchemy. We are so powerful, guys. You can alchemize this pain or this energy or this suffering that is manifesting in your body through this situation. You can alleviate it through crying, punching the air, punching a pillow, screaming, running or sprinting until all of your energy is out. That's actually my personal favorite. I mean, really running without pacing yourself or timing yourself or whatever. Like literally just throw your sneakers on, sprint down the road as fast as you can, if, if you can, if you're in that uh, environment where you can do that. And it takes a few minutes and then you just stop because you're out of breath and you feel totally relieved. Like all of that energy is just out. And that's alchemy. You should try it sometime, seriously. <laughs> so once that energy is moved through you, you can enter a non-judgmental state of mindfulness, right? Remember, mindfulness is not judging whatever emotions or, or thoughts are running through you because they're just running through you. They're, they're not you. And as soon as you remove judgment of how you feel, you can remove judgment of the other person. And you recognize it's not an us versus them situation. We are the same as that person, no matter what they've done. Seriously. We are all seeking love. And so you can choose to act with compassion and forgive or help the person or ask, ask a question to help understand their side of the story and what's going on. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful place to be in when you can be mindful that, hey, this is a human here and they're probably going through something. So why don't I just ask? And the answer will surprise you. And no matter what the answer is, you will be in the position of being mindful of the present moment of what's really going on here. Instead of living in a swirly reality of your mind and of your ego of, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe they did this to me. Why wouldn't they think of my feelings? They're so inconsiderate, blah, 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 blah. That is not a world where mindfulness exists. And so when you exist in a mindful state, that other warped, painful reality cannot exist either. You cast out drama. You cast out darkness. And whatever darkness there is, you can bring it into the light by being mindful. So how about reacting to stressful or straight up unfortunate situations in life where we have no control? So maybe this isn't reacting to situations with a person. Maybe this is reacting to situations that the universe is throwing at you. 
shit happens, <laughs> right? So things that happen in your life could be your house, your car, your job, uh, travel situations, money, whatever it is. Mindfulness can help you in all of these cases. So once again, when something happens, enter a non-judgmental state and release attachment to any feelings or thoughts that come as a reaction to this event. Get out of the why me, poor me, victimhood so that you can put yourself back in the driver's seat. That's what this is all about. So release the idea that these things are happening to punish you. And if you need more more of that, uh, that particular part that this is not happening to me to punish me, go back and listen to episode two. It's called Everything in Life is a Container for Growth, and you'll really love it. But for now, I'll keep this short. You cannot control what has happened because it's happened already. Duh. Just accept it. Breathe deeply. And if you're having trouble accepting it, here's what you can do. Say the event or the situation out loud without emotions attached to it. Just the fact of what happened. And repeat it out loud if you need to. Nod your head if you need to. Just accept the reality that you are in. Okay? Be mindful that you will be okay. No matter what you're going through, this too shall pass. Just like it has each time before. It may be the most difficult, unimaginable thing you have ever faced, but you will make it through, honestly. And you know that's true. And that's the truth you can work with when you are allowing your consciousness to be placed in a helpful place. That's how mindfulness can help you through anything. It is the key to reacting to situations in life because we don't know what's going to happen every second. We don't have control over outside circumstances. All we have control over is our consciousness and where we decide to put it. So it's my suggestion to walk the mindfulness path, work with it like it's your daily dose of water. It is so vital to your life, to your inner peace, and to your stability. So try your best to make it a part of your daily interactions and your alone time. It'll make a huge difference, I promise. On to question number two. One of our listeners needs advice on setting clear boundaries for your own mental health and overall well-being. Anybody else? (laughs) Hands up. Guilty as charged. So she wants to know how to literally set boundaries and what to do when people don't respect them, family, friends, or anyone else. All right, let's do this. Boundaries is such a hot topic, I feel like, in 2020. And I love it. In the past, there's been a lot of advice like drop whoever makes you feel down or Cut everything and everyone out of your life that doesn't support this highest self, air quotes. (laughs) 
And I agree with that only up to a certain point. I think that's a cop-out, honestly. What about your parents? What about your partner's family? What about your siblings? Sometimes it's actually going to be best to face the discomfort you feel with someone and improve the relationship. You can't just drop everybody. I mean, you could, but let's be honest, most of us, if we had a list of things that we needed to drop because of negativity in our lives, our own self-sabotaging minds would be number one on that list. You can't drop yourself. You got to live with yourself for the rest of your life. That's just reality. (laughs) Okay. So I actually don't think that that has a place in the self-development world. I don't because it just got too far. It went too far. So let's reel it back in. Okay. And let's have compassion. If we can have compassion and grace for our own shortcomings and our negative energy that we create, honestly, we can have compassion for other people too. Especially if we're being mindful, like I just talked about, this opens up a huge door of possibility to see others with the eyes of love and understanding like, hey, they're going through it and they're doing their best. So why don't I help them and myself do our best in this relationship? Don't just cut them out. That ain't good for nobody. So I feel like boundaries is the next evolution of that sentiment. Because I can't understand why people started throwing that advice around. You do need to cut energy that is draining you. Absolutely. But you can do it by not just kicking the person out of out of your life and avoiding confronting the situation. You can do it by setting boundaries. You can protect your energy by setting boundaries. And this is one of my favorite things to help people on in my daily personal relationships. So I'm all for it. I'm like, hello, we need a boundary. My friends are probably tired of hearing me say it, but honestly, it's, it's how I run my life. So let's just do it. Let's just squash it right now with a boundary. I'm always saying it. <laughs> so um, how do you set boundaries? I will give you simple steps. You can take notes if you want. <laughs> it starts with a need. So the boundary setting process starts with what do I honestly need in this relationship? Do you need more peace? Do you need less stress? Do you need less negativity, more privacy, anything? Anything that you need uh, that the other person is not giving you the opportunity to have or they are making it seem as if it's not right to want that in the relationship or like they are never going to give it to you, that's your need, okay? So you make a list of your needs, however many you have. Now, next to each need, you want to write, so I will, and then fill out what you're going to commit to doing. So here's some examples. I need more privacy, so I will shut my bedroom door when I want to be alone in the house. Whether you live with your parents, you live with roommates, or you live with a partner, this is big. I need more privacy, so I will shut my bedroom door when I want to be alone in the house even when the person's there. Another example, I need less negativity. So I will 
Speak up when the conversation is making me feel down. Or I need more peace, so I will carve out time for silence, meditation, self-care at least once a week. So you see how these are things that you will do. They're not telling another person how to behave. That's the thing with boundaries is you can't say, hey, uh, can you stop doing that? Because we've tried that before. (laughs) Like, can you stop dumping your negative experiences on me like I'm supposed to know what to say or how to carry that emotion for you? We've tried that. It doesn't work. You can't control another person. You can't tell them how to behave and how to deal with their stuff. So instead, what boundaries are is something that you will take ownership of and you will commit to doing. And we'll get to what the other person does in a second, but let's keep going with the list. So you have on your list, you have, I need, so I will. And now there's two more steps. Ready? Read through each item slowly on your list. And I want you to imagine that boundary in action. Literally envision it in your mind. And if some resistance starts to pop up in that vision, I want you to work it into your list like this. Let's say you're in need of more peace, right? The first example, I need more peace. So I will carve out time for silence and stillness once per week. And you start to envision this, right? You're in your house, you're making time for this. It's all going good. And you start to feel this resistance rise up. Like, well, what if I won't be able to do it one week? Does that mean I failed? Or, you know, what if I'm hungover on a Sunday and I didn't get to it on a Saturday? Or what if I actually have a lot to do and I, I don't find time? You know, all of this resistance will, will probably pop up. If it doesn't, great. Go down to the next item. But if it does, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to that statement on the list and after you write your, after you have written your, I need, so I will, you can add a part that says, even when blank, and then fill in that blank with whatever excuse your mind is trying to give you right now. So it will look like this. Even when my friends invite me to Sunday boozy brunch, or even when my boss sends me emails that I need to get to on the weekend, or even when my roommate is in the house. So it becomes this tool for you. That's the thing. This is for you to deal with your own excuses for disrespecting those boundaries. Because here's the thing. If you want someone to respect your boundaries, you better respect your own boundaries. So let's use the door example. I need more privacy. So instead of letting things get out of hand and then lashing out at someone, I'm going to set a boundary. And the boundary is not, you're supposed to know when I want more privacy and just give it to me without me having to tell you and then prevent me from lashing out at you and wanting to move out. (laughs) No, that boundary is I'm going to close the door. That's going to be my signal. That's going to be my physical boundary for I need more privacy right now. Even when... That is such an important part because there are going to be excuses. There are going to be uncomfortable situations or times when you feel bad for doing it. But 
That's not the point. You are committing to your own boundaries. If you want someone else to respect that boundary, you bet that you are going to commit to it, even when it's not so easy. Because setting boundaries means committing to yourself. No matter how tempting these little excuses are to just break that boundary, like, oh, well, you know, maybe, maybe not yet, or maybe just once I won't do it and, and then it won't matter really. No, that is denying yourself your own respect. Don't do that. Okay. So now that your list is complete with the even when situations, you have this list and you can take time with it. Okay. But then it's time to share it with that other someone. Okay. And while this conversation can feel awkward, let's just say it, it's like, hey, I want to share my boundaries with you to improve our relationship. It's kind of awkward. Um, <laughs> you are stepping up for your health and wellness. You can do it. Okay. Bring on the awkwardness. If you need to bring your list with you, if that like helps you have something to focus on, like literally put it out on the table, um, then, then that's fine. Do that. So what I would do is I would ask the person if they would like to have a conversation about how to improve the relationship. You can't just spring this upon somebody. That's not fair. And it's not ideal for the results you want. So ask the person first if they'd be open to that. And if the person has no idea that you have been harboring this need to set boundaries because you're like, I'm about to cut you out of my life, if that's going to be a surprise for somebody, please be gentle and just open up to them about how you've been feeling. You can always start with your own vulnerability. And you can actually watch or read Brene Brown's work on vulnerability if you want more support on this. Honestly, it is groundbreaking the work she has done through her studies and through her talks and her books about what vulnerability really looks like in these situations and how to protect our expectations of the other person's ability to get vulnerable while we are opening up to that person. Okay, I would highly recommend that. So before going into these proposed boundaries, two things are absolutely necessary if you're asking me. Like in my book, these two things are actually way more important than the boundaries list. Number one, communicate that you want the relationship to continue. And that's why you're doing this. So whether it's a friend, a coworker, your parent, your partner, your child, whoever, honestly, they need to know that this is your way of extending an olive branch and that this is not to push them away or punish them for what they've done. It's for the health and the maintenance of this relationship to continue and to go forward and last and be healthy for both people. That needs to be communicated, okay? Number two, communicate and accept internally that they have every right not to accept these boundaries and they can decide to step away. That's on them right? You're doing your part and your part does not include convincing someone that this is the way to go forward. 
it just might not be their opinion as well. It's unfortunate, but release that, release that attachment and that expectation for them to understand you fully. Best case scenario, you feel understood, seen, heard, and respected. Woo! But that's not a guarantee. (laughs) For sure not guaranteed, okay? So just release that. They might not accept these boundaries and they might accept accept instead that this relationship is, is over. Heavy stuff, but I'm just putting it out there for you. This is not a foolproof plan on how to make someone your healthy best friend. This is you stepping into your health and wellness. What they decide to do with that is on them. So now that you've set your boundaries, you've communicated to them, and they've, let's say they've agreed, and maybe they've even told you some boundaries, great, it's a two-way street now, Uh, what do you do if someone does not respect them? Number one, remind them. You had a conversation. You didn't like insert a special customized chip that this person is going to change their behavioral patterns according to what you want. Like it was a conversation, hopefully a good one, but it may take some getting used to, okay? And you need to have compassion. And at the same time, you need to be firm with your boundaries. So it's like, hey, I know we only talked about this last week, but remember, I'm just really hoping that I can get this privacy by shutting my door and it's nothing against you. It's for my own health and well-being. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I'm gonna, it's just gonna take some time to get used to. Yeah, I totally understand. Thank you. All right, those gentle reminders in the moment, that's the key. Now, that was again, best case scenario. Let's try a different one. Hey, remember last week when we talked about this? Just when I shut the door, I just really, you know, I need my privacy. So that's the signal. Wow. I didn't think you were actually going to mean it. You know, insert cuss words and slamming doors and saying, you know, why don't you just move out? (laughs) It can get bad. Honestly, I just want to tell you, this is not like, you know, the Get Naked podcast plus sugarcoating to make you feel awesome. This is the Get Naked podcast. It might get real, real fast. But again, you don't have control over how they react. What are you going to do? Gentle reminder. In the moment, not an hour later, five hours later, five days later, because that is just not helpful. That is called resentment building inside of you (laughs) and then coming out when you feel calculated and controlling your emotions enough to whip that out on somebody like, hey, remember uh, actually five days ago you didn't respect my boundary and I'm pissed about it. No, (laughs) no, no, no. So gentle reminders in the moment is the way to go. Number two, if they do not change their behavior after these gentle reminders, now we can say they are disrespecting your boundaries. So you can express that, hey, you're not express, you're not respecting my boundaries and you know I've made it clear to you and I've reminded you in the best way possible that my health and well-being is my priority. So I'll be backing away now. I'm sorry it has to be like this. 
And if you want it to go well, as in you don't want the person to latch onto you, dig their nails into you and cut you while you try to walk away, I believe most of us want that. We want a clean break. We don't want messages and, you know, retaliations or revenge. We just want to back away from the person. It's important to let them know how you're going to be backing away. And that's showing respect. That's showing compassion. That's showing, I know this might hurt, so I just want to let you know how I'm deciding to back away from our relationship. If it's just, you know, uh, you've not respected my boundaries now a couple times in a row, and I have to be true to myself and my priority of my health and well-being. So the next time you ask me to to hang out, I just want to let you know I'll probably be declining. You know, it could be something suave like that. But if it's harsh, if it's like I'm blocking your ass, you do not get to be in my life anymore. You don't even get to see what I'm doing or know where I am. If, if that's the level that it's at, just tell them. Like, hey, I'm blocking you on everything. I gave you a chance and you failed. Okay? Just just lay it out. So that there's not that retaliation, um, you know, total shock and awe, and you're not hurting the person any more than they need to be aware of the fact that they messed this up. Okay? And then you need to follow through. Don't get me started on this. If you are going to set boundaries and then someone's going to disrespect them and you're going to pretend that you're going to be strong and walk away, but then a week later you text them, what president are you setting for yourself? Okay, follow through. Be that girl. Be that woman. Be that mother. Be that friend. Be that person who follows through. And you know, if you disrespect or cross her, you're done. She'll give you the open communication that you deserve. She will give you the boundaries that she expects to be respected in order to have a thriving, amazing relationship with her. But if you cross her, that is it. Okay? embody that energy because that is preserving your energy, protecting your energy, and that is looking out for number one. And everything I said here is compassionate to other individuals. It is not cutting people off before they have a chance to prove that they deserve to be in your life. It's open communication. It's respectful. And it gets the job done. Now, you've done your part, you're choosing yourself, and you should be proud of the actions that you've taken. We can't control other people. It's just not up to us whether they earn the right to be in our lives or not. So please go through with this system if you are the person who is looking for more boundaries and better relationships in your life. And it might sound like I'm a therapist over here and this is a lot of steps and this is just so formulated, but this is so easy once you start practicing it. And just trust me, you won't even need the list. You'll get better at these conversations. It'll just be, you know, stream of consciousness. It'll just be the way you operate. And it'll just be the best thing you could do for your own health and well-being, honestly. 
Okay, third question out of four. How to self-connect by practicing forgiveness with yourself? This is an amazing question. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to our listener for asking it because, wow, forgiveness is right up there with some of the most important work you can be doing to improve your life. So this is going to be a super quick answer, and I'm actually just going to refer you out to a practice that a friend of mine has introduced me to and I've read about in uh, Gabby Bernstein's books and just I mean, I've seen YouTube meditations for them. You can just Google it, okay? And forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, but it is called the Ho'oponopono practice. Ho'oponopono, yeah. It's an ancient Hawaiian practice that is great for forgiving others and forgiving yourself. You can do it anytime, anywhere. It is quick. You can be consistent with it, and you'll find the spelling for that in the show notes, so you can just copy and paste it into Google. Okay. And I love you. And I love that you are on this path of forgiving yourself. And I think it's going to be one of those pillars of the soul work that you do in 2020 if this is you. All right. Last question to give advice on how to know when to let go of a partner. Oh, my. (laughs) I'm so happy to receive this question. And I'm happy to answer it for anyone that is at this point in their partnership. It's hard. It's hard. And the follow-up question is, sometimes things are good and sometimes things are bad. So how do you know when it's actually time to let go? So thank you so much for this question and the details. It takes a lot of courage to even get to this point where you're thinking about breaking it off with someone. And I want to help you through some of the internal questions that you can ask yourself to know and or to get closer to the answer, really, of if it's time to let go or not. Since I'm fresh in the breakup club, I can answer this with a very recent experience. Again, I'm not a relationship guru. I'm not a guru in general, but I can give my firsthand experience and what's helped me. So... First of all, coming from someone who just went through this, um, you're doing amazing by considering the option of letting go of your partner and you're taking time with it. You're asking for advice and you're contemplating, you know, you're not just wiping your hands clean of this discomfort and just dropping them. And I think you and your partner both deserve that. Like you deserve that feeling if you do let go of this relationship You deserve to feel like, okay, I'm secure in my decision and I'm not just wondering if, oh my God, did I make a a rational decision too quick or was that just the way I was feeling that week or, you know, because we don't want to feel like that. So great job. And I'm not in your relationship, so I don't know how often things are good versus bad. And it's definitely not a keeping score thing. I don't want to make you feel like you need to be like, okay, so if I did the math, it would be 40% good, 60% bad. No, it's not like that. It's just kind of take an inventory of how do I feel in the relationship? Not how is the person acting or treating me is how do I feel in the relationship? Because that's actually giving you more of an answer than 
how's the person acting and how are they treating me? You know, don't, don't worry about them right now. Worry about you. Are you doing what you want within yourself? So are you practicing amazing self-care for your soul in this relationship, in this container of this relationship? Before you go and think about other people, think about yourself. Have you turned into someone that you don't want to be? Do you want to let go of your partner because you want to let go of the person you're becoming? Because newsflash, you don't have to break up with someone to dissolve a version of yourself that is not serving you. You can do that and stay with your partner. But if the answer is, I'm good, I'm working on myself, I'm happy inside my body, inside my soul, and it is the other person that is making me want to let go, then we can talk, all right? So from my own experience and the breakup that I just went through, um, after almost two years of being with my partner, I thought, hey, what would it feel like to just move on and start fresh on my own. And wow, it's not like I had never thought about that before. Honestly, I had thought about it tons of times. And actually, we had a situation where we were very close to breaking up. And that was about two months before we actually did break up. But all those times were different. Like it was always full of emotion and the the most recent time, about two months before we actually did let go of each other, we had this two-week period of time where it was just all over the place. And I was back and forth every freaking day about how I felt. Like, my friends were probably sick of me voice noting them and telling me, uh, telling them how I had a different stance on the situation every day. Like things were being revealed to me and I was journaling a lot and I was talking to my friends and I'm so glad that they did allow me to express everything that I was feeling because it made me realize I am not consistent with how I'm feeling. (laughs) And this is not a good time to break up with someone when every other day I'm feeling something different. I'm just going to allow myself to feel and I don't need to make a decision right now. I don't need to take action right now, but I do need to honor my emotions. And I just didn't know what I wanted. Like I just needed at that time, I just needed to fully explore the idea of breaking up with him. And my friends allowed me to do that. My journal allowed me to do that. My mind allowed me to do that. And I went through a bunch of scenarios and it it helped, honestly. And at that time, it was not the right time to let go. It just wasn't. And I'm glad we stayed together for two more months because it was beautiful. But this last time when we both agreed to let it go, it was completely different. And so maybe what I'm about to share with you can spread some insight on what the two situations were really telling me. Now, after that chaotic first situation, this one is going to sound like a dream, heavenly. And maybe you're going to agree with the sentiments that I'm bringing forward, but it's not so dreamy. It's not working out so well in the present moment. And that's still valid. I don't want you to think that it needs to look like the way I'm going to describe this, but 
if you are feeling the opposite of that chaotic, not knowing what you want feeling that I just expressed, then I would say it is a better time to let go. I don't want to use the word right. There's never a right time and there's never a wrong time. One of my favorite quotes that I will always use is from Oprah. And she says, there are no wrong turns. Can't go wrong, literally. So just keep that in mind, okay? But what I'm about to explain, if this is you or if this is what you want, then I suggest you fully explore this idea in your heart, in your mind, and then you make the decision on if it's the time for you to let go. So this time wasn't like we had gone through a fight or a bad week or, you know, being at each other's throats like sometimes just happens. Um, You know, there was nothing wrong. There was just this feeling in the air like, are we going in different directions? You know, there's just some conversations that were just showing us how different our plans were and how different our um, perceptions were going forward. And it was just, you know, an idea that I brought up to him and I tried to do it as gently as possible. And I said, maybe it's time that we let each other go. What are your thoughts? I, I honestly wanted to know his thoughts. And I might have been swayed if he had said something like, oh my God, no, tell me what's wrong. Let's find a solution, blah, blah, blah. But he didn't. And that's how I knew it was actually time for both of us to let go. And that is so beautiful if both people can come to that realization at the same time, like, oh my gosh, divine timing, the universe supports me and wants me to go through with this. I feel so held. And that was my experience. And it, Again, best case scenario, right? But it might not go like that. So I would say ask them how they're feeling and don't just, you know, go in there and be like, I'm thinking of letting this go and moving on. You know, the follow up should be, how do you feel about that idea? And just tell them it's an idea, not something that you're married to. And so over a few days, we both came back to the conversation um, a couple times and we agreed that it was time to let go. And it was emotional and it was sad. And it was like, why are we doing this? This is crazy, but we know it's right. And um, we know that we're done here as romantic partners. So we just wanted to honor our beautiful relationship that definitely had its flaws. Like I'm not saying it was beautiful as in you could put it on a TV show and, you know, make it an ideal relationship. It, it wasn't. There were issues and there was, uh, you know, there were reasons. Trust me, we each had our reasons. There was just nothing in the moment that made, uh, you know, sent me over the ledge or something. So We wanted to move on without any drama or nastiness because that would just be asinine. That would just hurt. So I'm really grateful for this experience because I didn't honestly think that that breakups could be like this, full of respect, basically. Uh, But it is. So I want to talk about it. It's called conscious uncoupling. And I didn't know about this term 
before this, but um, my friend Madison, who runs Inner Bloom with me, had mentioned it before, and wow, it's a whole new world, literally. And I don't think people need to be super conscious or super spiritual to do this. It's just an open conversation and an action plan that supports you both through the uncoupling process. So supporting each other through the breakup in a healthy way. And the way I think of it, it's like, okay, there's two people who are both saying, I've been supporting you as your romantic partner, and now I want to support you in a different way as an individual. You know, like, how can I help you through this transition? Because that's what it is. You have to have your boundaries, like we just talked about. You've got to communicate about what makes you uncomfortable or when you need to pull away more or um, if you're finding trouble with, you know, going through with some of these steps, whether it's moving out or, you know, moving logistical things like how you pay the bills or passwords on a computer or a Netflix account, whatever it is, be honest with the person if you're struggling with that step so that they can be there for you if, if you know, they're feeling good about it. Because, you know, some people are going to feel great the day of the breakup and then a week later have serious, uh, you know, oh my God moment where there's a lot of emotions coming through. And maybe the other person is going to have a harder time during the first few days, but then weeks after they're, they're doing great. So you want to be able to share your strength with each other during this process. And I know it sounds crazy. Like, what are you talking about? You can't do that with an ex. It's like, yes, you can. I I promise you. And, um, you got to have boundaries. You got to communicate and you've got to just remember you're doing everything with love. That's it. That's the bottom line. You're even breaking up with love. I mean, that is the ultimate test of like, are you a human who sees everyone and everything in the eyes of love and can act on that. Let's try a breakup, (laughs) you know? And it's amazing when you can. It really is. There doesn't need to be any drama and nastiness. It can just be love and compassion for the other person who I'm deciding to let go in one way and support in another way. I hope that makes sense. So to wrap this up, how to know exactly when is the right time to let go? I don't think there's a definitive answer I can give you. But I knew when it was time to let go. And it's when I when I realized that I could think about moving on and helping him move on too. Like I could envision both of those paths. Can you? Because that's when you know that you can do this, you can let go with love. And that's the truest thing I can say about it. I know it's not a definitive answer, but I hope it helps. And thank you so much for the very, very personal question. Um, I know that might be news to some of you that my partner and I have separated and I had, you know, amazing reactions to it from everyone who had followed me before. And uh, it was a big transition, honestly. I'm not going to lie. It was hard. But I'm so happy with 
the way it turned out. And I want to thank my ex as well for doing this conscious uncoupling with me. And I'm going to talk about it every chance I can get because I think more people need to know that this is a reality that can definitely be tapped into. And you don't have to be Jesus and Mother Teresa to do it. (laughs) You can do it. Okay, that wraps up our Get Naked Advice for the Soul. And I just want to say that this is an incredible experience being able to talk directly to you, directly to the problems that you are facing and the possibilities that you know are available for yourself or else you wouldn't be asking these amazing questions. You know that it's possible. And I hope that my answers and my naked advice can be both a chance for you to see that I go through these things too um, and at the same time get a little bit of information from someone who's walking the path right now. And it's like, hey, come on, hold my hand. Let's do this together. I promise it's not that scary. Let's go into the tunnel. And that's how I feel with you guys. And I hope the feeling is mutual. So I will see you on the next episode, whether it's a regular show or one of my Naked Advice episodes. I hope to see you there. I hope you keep listening. I love you already. It's only episode seven. Yeah, episode seven. And I just feel this family growing and I feel this community growing, even though I'm just here sitting on my couch and recording. It is a definite back and forth relationship. And now that I'm doing these advice episodes, I think it's going to grow even more and deepen even more in that way. So I want to thank you for listening to this one. I hope to see you on the next one. And good luck with everything you are doing on this soul path. It is so, so, so worth it. If you love this podcast and you're so into the content that I am pumping out on every episode, I have such good news for you. You can ask me a question and I will answer it in our naked advice section of this podcast. You might even inspire a whole episode dedicated to answering your question. So I'll tell you what to do. You can do it right on your phone right now hit subscribe to this podcast, and then go leave a five-star review. Take a screenshot of that review and email it to taylor at remotelikeme.com. That's taylor at remotelikeme.com. We will get back to you with a chance to ask your question on this podcast. And you're damn right, I will give you some naked advice.